Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome to another episode of Harbor Technology Group's The Perfect Storm podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, today, I'm super excited to have Matt Agofsky with me. Uh, Matt is the VP of Presales North America for Cyber Reason. Uh, I'll let Matt talk about what Cyber Reason is and who they are. Um, Matt, great to talk to you. Uh, thanks for joining. Matt and I have known each other for 20 years. Just about, yeah. Yeah, going back to our days of playing video games at uh, Lumetta, where we were both working too hard, working too late, and then would cut loose with a little doom across the network. So that was, uh, or Quake, Quake, right? Quake, those were good yeah, times. Quake. Yeah, those were good times. So Matt, thanks we're for definitely joining. showing our age with that one. Yeah, exactly. Boy, we had fun doing that though. Those yeah. were the days. It was a That's lot when, of fun. That was when security was easy and, and we had time to uh, to play games like Quake. It's not easy anymore. No, no. It's, and so much has changed, right? Take, uh, gosh, 20 years in our industry is a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. So Matt, tell us a little bit about Cyber Reason. Uh, and again, thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Oh, please. Thank you uh, so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's good to talk with you. Um, yeah, so Cyber Reason is uh, an endpoint detection and response company really focused on really kind of the full endpoint experience, EDR, MDR, moving toward XDR, which we'll we'll get into a little bit more today. Uh, and the, the idea with Cyber Reason, it was founded out of uh, an Israeli research project and effectively is designed to provide a response and capability much faster and at a higher efficacy than other competitive solutions on the market. What Cyber Reason is really all about is taking all the noise that happens in a traditional endpoint attack and distilling it down to what we call a malicious operation. So in many other providers will do things like give you lots of alerts, right? They, they alert on anything that happens in the environment. And that's what security really practitioners have been dealing with for the past 20 or so years as, since you and I have been in this game. Uh, but the idea now is that's great that you have lots of alerts. But if you look back at almost any of the high profile breaches over the last 15 or 20 years, one of the common themes that you find in almost all of them is, hey, our solution actually did see this kind of thing happening. Yeah, but it was buried in the thousand alerts that I got that day. So right. I just simply couldn't see it. So our focus is on how do we take all these alerts, map them all together into one malicious operation so that instead of looking at two or 300 things, you're looking at one thing manifesting itself as two or 300 little problems. And then giving people an ability to respond right from the interface take action all from uh, all from one portal. It just gives a lot more power to the practitioner. 
when you have the machines effectively doing the work of what an L1 or L2 analyst might be doing in a SOC today. So it sure. just it really helps speed that time to resolution, which is really what everybody's looking for. Well, and that's that's the key to, to responding quickly to these, these incidents uh, before they really manifest themselves into a major breach or some type of major event. You know, it's yeah, funny, as you were thinking, as you were talking about, uh, you know, malicious activity on the on the endpoint, referencing our quake experience. I wonder <laughs> if cyber reason was wondering, running on those old machines, if it would have uh, barfed on our plane of quake. So uh, it, would have, it would have shut us down immediately. Yeah, exactly. Not. Exactly. So you, you, you brought up something you, you noted that, you know, the high profile breaches, what we know is that they they probably saw this or they were getting the information that this was actually occurring, the event was occurring, but with all the noise, uh, they were unable to see it. It doesn't just have to be a high profile breach, of course, right? This is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about high profile breaches because that's what we hear about. But the reality is, is all the breaches that occur when we hear about them or talk to our clients about them, et cetera, it turns out that the telemetry was there. They knew what was happening. They just, they, they couldn't see it because of all the static that was in the system. Exactly. The signal to noise ratio is, is, is way disproportionate now. Um, and if you go and do a quick search for cybersecurity breaches or ransomware attacks or anything like that, you'll see a huge list of attacks that you've right. never heard of, right? right? That all fly under the radar. And there are companies from 20 employees to 20,000 employees, right? That's and right. there's just a whole batch. What we hear about on the news or the Colonial Pipeline and Kaseya and all the big ones, but exactly right. to your point, there is a litany of uh, ransomware attacks, exfiltration breaches, all kinds of personal data exposures that we frankly never hear about because they fly under the radar. But those organizations are terribly impacted by them. That's right. That's right. So let's let's spend a moment since we're ultimately going to get to the XDR uh, mm-hmm. next gen stuff. Let's let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the endpoint, uh, the endpoint protection. You know, we we think back to traditional antivirus and McAfee that was doing all their hard work and, and trying to prevent from, uh, you know, some type of virus impacting our machines. What, what does that look like? What is it? So for our users, they can understand how we've, we've moved from the days of, of McAfee and, and traditional AV to XDR. Let's talk about that, that evolution a little bit and why it's happened. Yeah. That, and as a former Symantec guy, I can tell you that, that <laughs> it rings true, right? This is the, the, the days of the antivirus, I mean, and remember when antivirus, when you had traditional viruses or Trojans or any of these file-based or signature-based attacks, anything where there was a, a known hash and you could just, con- it was just a cat and mouse game of people would change something and then it would create a new hash. And all you had to do is just keep updating your signature files, your DAT files that we all remember. Right. You downloaded from live update to four times a day. So you always had the most current stuff. And when it saw it, it would block it. Well, like all things with security, it's a cat and mouse game, right? The security practitioners catch up, the criminals have to get a little better, practitioners catch up, criminals get a little better. And so what you've ended up seeing is now you had attacks that were more behavioral based, attacks that were latent, attacks that sat and they were like time bombs or attacks that would start to get cut up into multiple files in different payloads. They would get deposited on machines reassembled so that any one of them didn't look like a specific signature, but together they created a brand new signature. And so then you had to figure out a way to to watch for all the pieces of it. And then you had things like next-gen antivirus that came along, which started looking for anomalous behavior in the network. And it, it looked at the outcomes. 
fast forward a couple more years, and even NGAV is now reasonably commoditized in most provider space. And so you've moved on to and necessitated a need for what we call endpoint detection and response. Because now what's happening is attackers are actually sitting in the network. We call it dwell time, right? They're sitting in a network for an average of 80 or so days now globally, right. where they come in, they usually they get somebody to do something wrong, whether it's a socially engineered attack, a technology attack, they get a beacon out to some place, some command and control server somewhere. They see that your machine comes online. They come down through a tunnel, drop a little payload, and then they go away. And they sit quietly for a few weeks, see if you catch anything. If you don't, they go in, they do a little scan, and then they go away again. And they do this as they do more and more recon in the environment, dropping little payloads all over the place until one day they, you know, they grab a bunch of data, they exfil it, they detonate malware, and then they effectively start, you know, that kind of negotiation for payment, whether it's a ransomware attack or a, a threat of um, data exposure or risk, um, anything like that. And, and this is kind of where we are now, where the detection of response companies are actively watching how processes interact with each other to try to determine if if something's been infiltrated. Well, and I think that's great. That's a great summary of how we've we've gone from you know the mid '90s and and the really old AV to where we are today. Yeah. But it's also important to think about it in the sense that it used to be let's buy some AV for our, for our machines across our enterprise, slap it on the devices, and then you know make sure they get updated periodically and then walk away from it. Yep. We weren't really thinking of it as um, the spot we were really concerned with, you know, how we're going to manage and monitor what type of events, what is occurring on those endpoints, what we're watching for, et cetera. I don't know if we didn't have the capability or just the mindset was let's protect the, you know, the shell of the network rather than juicy inside. And clearly today we've, we've moved beyond protecting the shell because, there isn't the shell like we used to know it. Everybody's not sitting behind a firewall. That's so right. we need to, we really need to protect those endpoints. Um, and in doing so, and this is kind of leading us to this, to this conversation about uh, endpoint detection and response and how it's advanced. We, we now have the capability to do a lot more and understand more of what's happening on the endpoint and, and, and protecting ourselves at the endpoint where the things are happening but then the problem occurs where, well, I'm a, a 50 person company that pours concrete. I don't have a data analyst or a security mm -hmm. analyst that can do this work. So what happens now? We have this great software, but I don't have the guys or the gals to do the work. Uh, yep. So what, what do we do? What do we, what do companies like Cyber Reason or others offer up in this space to, to really help along those lines? Yeah. And you, and you look at the different players in the space now and almost everybody is moving to some sort of a service or a provider, you know, an MDR, a managed detection and response kind of a model, right? Whether through a provider or through the through the organization, through the vendor directly. You're right. And depending on which report you read, I've read anywhere from 600,000 to 2 million open cybersecurity positions in the country. The problem now is a human problem. And you, you think about the fact that what organizations, when you think about a CrowdStrike, when you think of Sentinel-1, when you think of Cyber Reason, even Microsoft is getting into the space now they realize that the value that is not so much even in the technology anymore. It's in the expertise and the context that you can wrap around the technology right. to give people an outcome because the 50-person company that pours concrete, they make their money pouring concrete. They're not an IT company. No. But IT is a necessary part of their business. 
Absolutely. Whether they like it or not. Right. So they have to at least say, hey, listen, I'm I'd much rather just pay somebody to make this problem go away for me and know that I can just go about my business, invoice my people, get, you know, um, make payments to my suppliers for my materials and know that it's all going to be safe and that only in the event that my phone texts or uh, I get an email that says, hey, we got to look at something because we see a potential breach. Otherwise, I'm going to assume it's business as usual, and I'm just going to go about my. That's right. That's day. right. So, so what are what are the what are the services that are that are you know that our listeners can look for? So we have they've probably heard of EDR because now when you if you're thinking about a new endpoint solution, endpoint protection solution, you're probably seeing that as an offer as you know yeah. they have EDR. What the, the others are MDR and XDR? Can you describe those a little bit? Yeah, and and I would definitely encourage any user that's looking at this to to work with companies that offer a full suite, right? So as you mentioned before, traditional antivirus, it sounds old school and legacy and it kind of still is. Still need it, absolutely. Still very much needed, right? There's still Trojans. I mean, oh, yeah, things, absolutely. signature-based stuff still exists. Look, there are always going to be script kitties who are just getting into this for the first time. And the easiest thing to do is go grab some annoying little piece of code, make a little modification to it, and boom, you've just released a new virus. Right now, the companies will react very quickly and find that, but that's how people, that's how they start, right? They get, right. they dip their toe in the water with that kind of stuff. So I would say, look for a company that just offers the full suite of AV, NGAV, and EDR. Right. And you and you definitely don't want to forget that. I mean, to reiterate your point, AV and NGAV, next-gen antivirus, yes. that needs to be part of the solution. It has to be because- 100%. You can't, you and, can't say, well, I'm just going to let this, this old school thing go you know, go by the wayside because it's still, it's still a problem out there. And, so and remember really for most providers, ourselves included, the NGAV component is as an example, it's the component that is the anti-ransomware module. So right. when you're, when you're talking about file entropy on a machine, that's a behavioral characteristic that, you know, the, the, the faster it is caught and that process is quarantined or killed, the, the, the smaller your exposure of how much you have to restore from a backup or a third party or something to that effect, right? So right on, our right. mantra here is, is, you know, our window of exposure that we try to uh, pitch to people is one file, one machine, right? That's the goal is that at the end of the day, as soon as we see that first file get encrypted, we kill the process and stop it so that there's no broader impact than that. And to be and clear, that's, that's not the modern, like, well, I shouldn't say modern, that's not EDR, MDR, XDR, that's like next-gen AV that we're talking about. That's a next-gen AV. You so got it's it. that's that's why it's so important to look at this stuff and make sure that it's not all the, the shiny widgets that you're looking at. You, you your, your provider needs to do the old school stuff as well. You got it. You got it. And look up and down the stack. And then, and then you go, as you mentioned, into kind of one of two camps. You have folks who say, hey, look, I want to buy this product. And I do happen to have one or two practitioners on my staff who want to manage this by themselves and put, you know, eyes on glass seven by 24. Or I don't have those people. I'm not interested in hiring them. And I'm going to work with a provider, either get a, a managed detection and response capability from MDR, a vendor MDR. directly, MDR, right. or work through an MSP or a third party, some sort of managed security provider, solution provider who will, who has their own SOC and who basically effectively resells the solution to that, that end person and wraps additional um, security practitioners and additional processes and testing around it to provide an end-to-end -end one stop solution. Well, you know, it, it, to, to pause you for a second, it brings up an interesting thought that I just, that, that you and I didn't talk about before or anything like that. 
So if, if you're trying to do this yourself and you're going to go do EDR and you have a couple of security analysts, great, more power to you. It's, it's, it's could be the right solution for you. If you're going directly to a MDR provider like Cyber Reason or Sentinel One or whomever it might be, mm-hmm. great, they can provide it for you. But if you're looking at an MSP and you're considering either changing your MSP or 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 um, picking another, going down that road for the first time, trying to find an IT provider, you may want to actually use what type of MDR solution they have in place to deliver to you as one of the criteria for uh, whether you go with MSP A or B, uh, because you know there's there's some differences, and I'm sure Cyber Reason would tell us how you, or you would tell us how you're different, but there's some differences on how those products work, and and that should be weighed in when you're considering your MSP. Like we can't reiterate en- enough how important this this concept of endpoint protection is nowadays, because this is where we stop things. So that should be a real consideration when you're when you're looking at an MSP. Sorry, I, I digress a little bit. No, no, you, but you're 100% right. And that's, I, I would absolutely make that a question. You know, when folks are talking to an MSP, it's which vendor or vendors do you effectively resell from your SOC, right? Because if they say, oh, it's some of the older providers, you know, at the end of the day, you and I know that an endpoint solution should do one thing. It should, you know, find and stop bad things in your environment from happening on your endpoints, right? Right. So the efficacy with which the product is able to do that, you want something that's clicking along at the you know highest possible rate, high 90s, right? And you can get that from there's that's where you can review some uh, you know some collateral from the analyst community, whether it's Gartner or Forrester. You can look at the MITRE attack simulations, which get run every year. MITRE is obviously a nonprofit government, quasi-government organization, and that is only an efficacy test. There is no pay-to-play or anything. It's just they run a bunch of stuff and they see who catches the most. Right. You can look at those results and say, okay, I can narrow this down to a couple of vendors. And when I'm talking to MSP1 versus MSP2 versus MSP3, right. the ones that retail the vendors that you're the most interested in or think have the highest efficacy rates might be the ones that you go with. That's, That's a great right. point. That's great. That's great. All right, cool. So we were talking about MDR and what it is. Um, you can you can have your you know you can go directly to a cyber reason and and buy it directly from them. They you know they do the heavy lift. Contact you. You can use your MSP to deliver that service for you. And that's really about managed detection and response for endpoint related events. Right. That's right. Right. So. At this point, I think we need to pause because we're going to go into a space in a moment. I just want to define something for our listeners that I'm not sure we've done on the podcast or not. So we're, we're going to start talking about other types of telemetry that you could gather in into a detection and response system. In, in years past, that's that's been called a SIM in the security space. Yeah, uh, that's right. The security incident event management solution. It's it's really a log aggregator for a lack of a better term that has a bunch of intelligence built on top of it and tries to spit out and 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 again try to get through all that noise and chaff to the to the real important event that's occurring. So an MDR solution has a component of that, right? It's just kind of inherent, right? It, maybe I'm not describing that the way you guys would, but that's the way I think about it. Yeah, I think as, as we evolve the conversation toward XDR, you're, right. you're definitely encroaching on that space. And, and most providers, to your point, very, 
certainly not us and, and not any of the others that I'm aware of are offering it as a standalone solution. Right, right now, right. it's usually, in other words, they're going to all their MDR customers, the customers they already do management for, and saying, we can start to pull in additional telemetry from other places to provide additional context and to enrich the security information we're already pulling foundationally as from your, it's kind of like an endpoint view out, if that makes right, sense. Right, so you might get information from a firewall or mm -hmm. or a domain controller or something like that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now, do we think that the XDR capability, um, you, know, you know, that XDR service will replace managed SIM, SOC, yeah. The road. I, so this is the com this is kind of where the 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 inflection point in the industry is right now, and a lot of people are going down this road. And again, I would say that most customers and partners that I have conversations with today fall into one of two camps. You have the people who've made large. Oftentimes, it's loosely. I'll give you a loose correlation here, but we'll paint with a broad brush. Generally speaking, larger companies that have a security. Uh, a team of security individuals or practitioners, or maybe their own SOC, they've already invested in a SIM and they've spent a lot of time, energy, and money putting data into it, yeah. writing Q their radar, own custom. Q radar, Splunk, oh, yeah. whatever it might be, right. 100%. And, and they're, they're already down that road. And so unseating that, and, and they've written a bunch of stuff to go into SOAR already. So it's automated and they're Getting that to change is, is a little bit more problematic. It's a different conversation for them. For them, the conversation is a cost conversation. Sure, it's like, sure. hey, you can start to unlever your SIM a little bit because they're starting to get pretty expensive, we hear, and, and put data over into an EDR, XDR kind of play. Right. That's camp one. Camp two, I would say, are the smaller to mid-businesses who don't have a SIM in place yet and are in the process of evaluating SIM. For those particular customers, most of the conversations I'm having now are you can skip the SIM altogether and effectively take the data feeds from Proofpoint, Palo Alto, Okta, Azure AD, Google Workspace, whatever you're using, and pump that into your EDR provider to enrich the telemetry you're already getting today. Because one thing EDR vendors do really well is they already have custom detection rules built. You don't have sure. to build them. Sure. Because you're not their, you're not their first client, so they built these rules. Exactly. Right. You're you're kind of you're kind of you know jumping ahead a little bit. You're kind of skipping the the sim space and going straight to XDR. Um, and so for us, that's that's really how a lot a lot of our customers are playing things out right now. I have a lot of people coming to us asking for an XDR based solution, and they don't even really know <laughs> what they hear extended detection and response, and they're they they go, yeah, I think I want that, but they don't really even know what it is yet because the market hasn't fully crystallized there. But when the, when you wrap the general context around it, people are starting to say, okay, I see what you're what you're saying now, and I, I think I'd rather just have those data sources flow into one place, and right. you guys can give me everything. And and I think it's if nothing else, when you're having a conversation about replacing your endpoint solution, you've been calling it EDR, but let's say that you're on old school next gen AV and you're ready oh, yeah. to move into EDR, you should definitely be talking to a provider that has an MDR service at, at the very least, and really look at XDR for something that you might consider down the road. Um, whether you're doing it today or not, that that's to be determined based on your needs, but looking down the road, kind of future-proofing yourself with your vendor of choice that you can go into the XDR space. That that is, and that is 
that's exactly the message that we take to almost everybody today is right. this notion of like the investment you're making is going to be an evolution. XDR is a journey. And all the vendors are saying this to, to customers right now, because it is, we're, you know, we're not there yet. And people, again, there are, there are some, some organizations that just have more data flowing into their platform and they haven't even figured out how to make sense of it yet. So it's just, Hey, let's just present you the data in one place versus you having to look in two or three. And that's the value proposition. It's a little thin if you ask me right now, but where you really get the value is when I start to tell you like, okay, I'm collecting a bunch of telemetry. I already think I found something interesting in your EDR data that I'm going to alert you on. But instead of just being able to tell you, hey, we found a phishing attack that's led to an, a, a, you know, a compromise. We found the command and control beacon. But I can actually now back up two steps and say, now let me show you what other Azure users were compromised by this email? And let me show you the original email and all the other people that got that email because I'm now digging into your Google Mail or your O365 accounts. That's right. And I get it all in one kill chain versus you having to log into five, five different places. That's where I think you start to really see some value. That's right. And, and especially when it's being managed for you as a mid-sized company because you don't have the staff to do this work. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, be real nice when someone says to you, how do you want me to take action on this? Oh, just delete all those emails? Okay, done. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, sure, I mean, I that's the that. value. Right. right. Absolutely. Because your your business is, you know, pouring concrete. Yep. Um, it shouldn't be, you know, finding indicators of compromise and, and working through the kill chain. Um, no, it, just, exactly. And you said it before, like the, the walls, the, the rules have changed, right? The walls of the typical organization are, are kind of gone now where it used to be guys like you and me would go to, uh, you know, AT&T and we'd sit at our desk and we were on the network there. And, you know, that was, uh, that was the just network, how the, net, the network was providing our protection or the vast yeah. majority of our protection. Right. And we, we would actually just leave our computers there. We weren't bringing them home. Yeah. We back, didn't carry them in then. our back pocket. Um, nope. And now, so, you're, now your endpoints, you know, it's talking to your Google workspace or your O365 oh or your OneDrive or your Amazon S3 buckets. It, it's the endpoint is giving people vantage points into everything. everything. And it's, it can be a big exposure. That's right. So, I, and I don't know the answer to this um, or not well. So what, when, we, when we talk about endpoints, we're, we're really talking about workstations, laptops, et cetera. What about, what about mobile, true mobile devices? I know a laptop is a mobile device, but a true mobile device like a phone or a tablet or something like that. Are we there yet with, with these, these platforms being ready for those systems as well? Yeah, it's, I would say it's not as far along, but then again, the number of threats in those ecosystems sure. seems to be dramatically less. So, you know, you have the Jamps and the Zimperiums and you have the companies that are doing you know, mobile security solutions. Um, and we partner with some of those organizations as do many of the vendors in the space to, to grab some telemetry when they've detected some sort of activity. For your XDR um, platform, right? From next, yeah, it's more of an XDR play at that point, right? And right. it becomes a telemetry feed because the reality is the, the, the exposure points are different there. And I mean, Apple for one does a, does a pretty good job, as you know, of kind of locking down the ecosystem to make it right. to make it pretty difficult to exploit. When they do find something, the the updates come very quickly, mm-hmm. um, as we've seen over the last month or so. Yeah, as we see, exactly. We just had a couple, right? Right, exactly. So they're, they've they've shrunk the exposure window, in in my opinion, to a you know what I would consider to be a reasonable you know window. Um, right. Google, I'm less familiar with with you know the Android. 
Windows. I just haven't used an Android phone personally in a while. So it doesn't, um, I don't see how often the updates come out. I know the marketplace is a little more open and tends to have, you know, uh, applications which are a little less vetted. So it could potentially have a bigger exposure. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, as all nefarious individuals, all the hackers and the, and the, and the uh, ne'er be goods out there that, that uh, are trying to get at our data, trying to do bad things as more and more people move to using tablets and and, and then their mobile devices their mobile phones, um, we're going to see more and more threats in that area. Yeah. Like you said, it's more complicated. There's a lot that plays into it. I would imagine that vendors like Cyber Reason, et cetera, continue to explore that space as, as you know, a threat and then need to address it. Yeah, you know, I think it, it'll depend on how the... Um how the market plays out. I mean, we had mobile device management, which was big for a long time, right? And yeah. people tried, companies tried to lock down your phone. Uh, back at Symantec years ago, we had an application isolation uh, feature, which I thought was was really quite good. And it basically provided a lot of what you and I are talking about because the reality is from a business perspective, let's face it, if, if, I, if I crater my phone because I opened a dumb email or I uh, opened a, a exposure point, but the applications that I care about, right? My my OneDrive or my Google Drive, the things they're that are going to—they're not resident on the phone. Yeah, they're, they're, or or they're inaccessible because they're cordoned off. Like right. they're—that's oh, you know, true, right? Right. If they're right. wrapped in a way that you know someone couldn't get through them unless they have a a two FA setup or something, you could probably um, you could put you could you could insulate yourself from it a little bit as an organization, in my sure, opinion. Sure. But you know, I think it's still to me that one is uh, is still going to play out. So uh, one one other question, and again, I'm, I might be throwing you curveballs here. When we no, talk about cloud services, how do the how do the EDR platforms play in that environment as well? Yeah, it's a good question because th this one is another one that's coming, and you see a lot of the uh, the cloud players, right? You have Orca, you have Wiz, you have everything in, in clouds. You have both posture management, you have uh, Kubernetes and, and container protection, and then you have effectively just good old fashioned EDR on the endpoint. So when you spin up a Linux or Windows machine in the cloud, you can effectively put EDR on it like you would any other platform, right? Make it part of a gold image and sure, run it sure. and it talks to your tenant and you're good to go. And 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 in doing so, MDR becomes available, all of that stuff. 100%. Available. Right. Everything, right. It, it, the, the experience is seamless for most customers, which is a very good thing because almost all businesses, certainly businesses that are born today are born in the cloud, right? They, they'll sure, never right. own a data center. No. So you have... You have those those folks, and they can get stood up and be 100% uh, protected from day one. Next, you move into those people and organizations that are looking for more of a serverless technology or more of a of a of a container based technology. And there are providers that have different takes on how they work with containers. Some put a little a little agent in each container, which can be a little bit more resource intensive, but gives you deeper visibility into the container. Others take like a privileged container view across an entire Kubernetes or Mesos cluster, and they'll say, okay, I want to get visibility across all of them and see if anything interesting is going on. And others look at it at the Kubernetes host layer, and they will look at it from a infrastructure side. So you have different ways that people are trying to protect the containers. Um, and then you have some vendors that are, you know, that just tell you to kill the container and spin up a new one if you see something going wrong. Um, right. So there are lots of different ways, but yeah, the cloud providers um, uh, that are out there, there's um, there's another one that's escaping uh, me right now. Uh, it'll come back to me probably as soon as we stop talking. Right, right. So, <laughs> um, and, and 
in the future, do you see like as cyber reason, as an example, I'm not trying to have you tell us your, you know, your future plans or anything, but do you see that telemetry from the cloud or from potential and like mobile device uh, protection solutions, making it into an XDR platform? I mean, that would be the Shangri-La, right? Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that that is the promise of XDR. So every, every, sort of new technology or evolution always has a big promise that comes with it. And, and that's it for XDR. It's it's now being able to do two things. Number one, look at that endpoint data and enrich it with data from lots of other places, right? From your identity and access management, from your cloud, from anything that I can, I can credibly convict within a, pe- a short period of time based on the telemetry that I'm, that I'm getting, right? So it would be that but the next piece, which may even be more interesting, and this is what I think many of us are working toward, us included, is can I convict activity based only on the external telemetry? So now I'm collecting data from lots of other places, and I see enough based on all these other things to say I've got something very interesting. Now, whether or not I correlate it to an endpoint in my environment is immaterial. I want to get there just, one. It's just an event that's occurring, an incident. Yeah. Where it's 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 anomalous in your environment based on all this telemetry. That's where I think we really start talking about, you know, that's where organizations would say, okay, now you've, you've effectively obviated the need for a SIM, right? Because now you are truly giving me comprehensive coverage, all these different points of telemetry all going in one place. And whether it has to do with your endpoint or not, you're still getting me to an MTTR that I can live with. Like that's a, for sure. That's a pretty good outcome. And it's an important important note that that is the promise of sim as it lives today um exactly it's just right. expensive and time consuming to get to that point you know you the, the big banks out there the government agencies and big organizations have made the investment in sim just like you, you mentioned a few minutes ago um it's you know mid-sized companies can't make that same investment so no. xdr may may promise that in the future at a at a, at a more affordable kind of uh, ease to deployment sense, right? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a jump ahead, right? And it effectively allows you to say, hey, listen, we're going to do away with a lot of the inherent costs that come with a SIM because I've already built it in on the back end, right? I've already, I already have the detection logic. I already have your, your big S3 bucket storage is cheap. So I can hold more telemetry. And because I can distill the telemetry down faster, and in a way that gets me, you know, that gets me convictions quicker. I hold only the data that's really valuable for, you know, whatever period of time you need, and I can expunge the rest. So it keeps it, it keeps it much more efficient in terms of you know your cost structure longer term. Sure, sure. All right, cool. So um, it's a lot to take in. It's I learned, it's cool. I, I I learned a lot. So just to, <laughs> just to summarize a little bit. Um, so we, we, the listeners should now understand kind of the concept be, behind EDR, where it evolved from, and what MDR and XDR provide as it relates to an EDR uh, provider like, um, like Cyber Reason. We also know that it's important when, you, when you're looking at this technology that you, that you consider some of the old school stuff like AV and NGAV, um, next gen AV, making sure that that's included in the solution that you might look at. And then as you're considering an MSP, 
make sure that that MSP is working with uh, an EDR player that kind of checks the boxes for you, that it's doing the things that you would think were important. And finally, look at an EDR player that might have a good either XDR play today um, in some, some you know, form, but has a good vision of what XDR looks like in the future. I think that's an important, important note because, you know, we, we, having been in, both of us having been in security for 20 plus years, um, it, 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 we're always trying to play catch up with this technology. And, yeah. and it, it's what's really, you know, really, and you and I have laughed about it. It's what's really hard for mid-sized companies because it, it doesn't come without a cost. I mean, forget the fact that these small mid-sized companies can't find true security professionals. Um, they may be sold a bill, bill of goods to their MSP that they're the, the right kind of security professionals. That could be debated. That's for another podcast. But but really that the tech and the people are really difficult for mid-sized companies to put in place commiserate with the risk that they face. Because yeah. that's that's the reality that you know, I, we don't need to talk about here because my clients have all heard it enough. You're facing the same risks as, as big organizations as well. You got it. Yeah. You got it. The, the, the attackers don't discriminate. And, they don't discriminate. And they don't care. And, and let's be very clear, like it, the research is, is, pretty, um, is pretty open and available on this, that organizations now, it used to be people and the kid, you know, in a basement somewhere that were doing right. this stuff. That's right. Now, That's right. now That's it's right. full on organizations they have hr people they have benefits they have training plans they That's recruit right. it yeah. is a they have pnls it's legitimate business now in in an illegitimate world right of of things like exfiltration and ransomware but it they operate like any like other any business. other business right exactly well matt thanks a ton um so as we always do on these podcasts being harbor and water related i need to get a a great place on the on the beach or at the shore or, or somewhere on the water that you like to go and maybe grab a beer or something. And let me just preface this with you are Jersey boy, you know, full and full. Oh yeah. You're, I know what you're going to give me. So go ahead. Tell me, no, tell me you know, where you want to go. I will, I will get my Jersey card revoked and a knock <laughs> on the door from Tony Soprano. If I don't say somewhere along the Jersey shore, but uh, no, our, our favorite place where we go pretty much every year is down in the South Shore, a town called Stone Harbor, which is just north of Cape May. Uh, just an awesome, beautiful beach community. Very nice downtown. Uh, there, there's something about getting down there. You sit out at uh, one of the bars and you grab a beer and the ocean air hits you and it's just uh, it, it's just perfect. So I, I look forward to going every year. Yeah, that's great. So do you have a particular bar that you like to go to? Well, there are a couple. Uh, I, it's tough to pick the the Stone Harbor Burger Bar, the Avalon Brew Pub. They both uh, sound good to me. Yeah, the Watering <laughs> Hall. These are yeah, all good. These are all good wa- spots. Watering Hole or Watering Hall? Hall. H U L L. Okay. Oh, yep. got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. It uh, has a little ship ship up there. It's it's yeah, very very cool. So yeah, yeah those are great. all good spots. That's great. Well, it's good to know. Um, I appreciate the time. Uh, great catching up with you, and uh, let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Thanks again for having me. All right, buddy. Thanks.
Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 